Welcome, welcome. Episode 86 of the No Clue Podcast. We're back. Uh, closing out the year. I'm one of your hosts, Tyler. I'm Mike. And we're going to get right into the Christmas games, NBA. You want to start in order of the games? Yeah, let's go in order. All right, first game, Celtics, Raptors. Spanking. I mean, dude, if I hadn't apologized to Jalen Brown already, I'd be doing it today. Yeah, man. He looks good. Uh, and I got to say, with as far as the Celtics, if if they could get consistently great production from their, I guess, like second-tier big three, because Kemba's clearly their best player. Yeah. But they have three wing guys who have – who all have potential to be all-stars. Yeah. And if they could get those three guys to, to play as well as they did yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they could probably overcome, you know, having a trash center starting. Yeah, and Tatum, he shot bad. And he still, he didn't play bad, but he shot bad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. They used Romeo Langford a little bit. Um Cancer played great, as you. I mean, I mean in those have, situations, he plays good. They have the same concerns, you know. With I don't really trust some of these bench guys. Yeah, and um, Smart wasn't even there too. Remember? Yeah, yeah. But it'll be interesting to see. I guess how they just how they get better as the season goes on, because I do think they're going to get better. Yeah, I do too. They've gotten better already. Right. And um, I think that against the Raptors specifically, their shot selection was better than normal. Yeah. Um, I think Tatum, I think Tatum kind of took some wild shots to try to get hot, maybe. But the rest of them, I think they shot their distribution and selection was really good. Hey man, Kemba's leadership. Yeah. Yep. Ball moves. Guys move. Yeah. What'd you see from Toronto? They just didn't. They didn't have their firepower. They didn't have Siakam. They didn't have Powell. They didn't have Gasol. Um, and you know they got a lot out of the guys who, you know, you're not expected to get a lot out of. Um, and even the guys who didn't score a lot, they were um, noticeable on the floor. Uh, it's, at the beginning of the game, McCall was noticeable. Um, OG was noticeable, but. There was a point where it was just like, all right, Celtics just are better, just a more yeah. stacked team. Yeah, without Siakam and Gasol, because then, you know, your front court is clearly an advantage. Yeah. Because Tice isn't guarding either of those guys, as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I wouldn't overreact to it. I, I will say, dude, Van Fleet is the real deal. Yeah. And, it, like... And it was noticeable that he's not, like, he can't do it by himself. Mm-hmm. But like you said, once they get Siakam, Gasol back, and with the with how well Ibaka's been playing, too. Yeah. Uh, they're for real, man. Ibaka played really well. I I like... No, he's having I a like resurgence it... this year. Huh? He's like, he's having a resurgence this year. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He's getting back to, he's getting back to not shooting, like perimeter shots all game long thank god i know that's what ruined okc to me (laughs) 
I, mean, I don't know if that was the only thing, but I, he just he hitting the boards. He's blocking shots. Like that's what you should be doing. Yeah. He's fitting a role finally there. Yeah. Yeah. Two, I, I think both of these teams are sneaky contenders to come out the East. Yeah, for where, sure. I, I don't I mean, they might be a little bit limited to beat Milwaukee, but can they do it? Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, Toronto has so many guys that can get hot. And not that they have – they're not going to get 30 – but they have the role players were like three role players deep that could get 20 randomly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, not a lot of teams have that. I don't know if it'll translate to coming out the East, but it, it'll win a lot of games. Cause yeah. like Boucher or Boucher, how, how do you say his name? Boucher. I, I don't know. Yeah. He's he, okay. Yeah. He can, he's, he's gotten, huh? He's long. Yeah, yeah, and he's capable of getting twenty randomly. OG can get twenty. Um, you know, Powell's not going to give you twenty, but he'll give you a solid sixteen if he gets hot. And they eventually that'll a lot of their role players will add up. Their points could add up to a lot of points. They yeah. can score a lot of points with role players. And one and, thing um, I love about them is I trust their defense. Oh yeah, for I sure. I trust them to play defense. I trust them to get stops. Their rotation game is crazy. I know. But and that would probably fit better against the Bucks than the Celtics cuz the Celtics have just so many good shooters. Yeah, and everyone could shoot from outside. It's interesting. Both of the Eastern Conference games were kind of they kind of seemed like bad matchups for the teams that lost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it just, I think the Raptors, it's not as much of a concern because guys are missing, but I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Next game then. So this was the big shocker. Uh, (laughs) Philly just ran wild on on the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. They had a crazy first half. (sighs) Okay. Uh, I don't really know where to start. I will say they they did exactly what Toronto did last year to stop Grape Freak. Mm-hmm. I told you keep him out the paint. I told you last week it's the same Milwaukee team. Yeah, and you could tell me Bledsoe's out. I don't care. The, <laughs> Bledsoe would not have fixed the problems that were going on yesterday. Uh huh. Because once you take the paint out for Greek Freak. Now he's not creating shots for anybody else. And Bledsoe. Now if you, if Bledsoe can't get to the paint, he's right. you know useless. This is bad. Yeah. Uh, and once that's not happening, now you're asking Middleton to take bad shots. And to his credit, he had a big game, but he he stopped the ball. It was all ISOs. It was all like. It individual the, great shots his poor man's durant game yeah and yeah one thing i know middleton doesn't do is dominate consistently mm-hmm. so i just i didn't like that greek freak was settling for so many threes mm-hmm. and this is a theme of the night uh, of the christmas games dude mm-hmm. if you're not a good shooter how do you even have the audacity to go O of seven like, bro, once you yeah. miss four or five, you got to cut it. Yeah. You, you just, you got to cut it. It's into the paint or we're passing the ball. Yeah. 
It and, just it frustrated me, man. And the thing is, it it also uh, it manifested how bad they need more one on one threats off the bench. Because, I mean, looking at their roster, they really only have one real distributor on the team, and that's Hill. And no one else is like a even decent passer on the team. Like to say, oh, I'm going to get someone else a shot. And Greek Freak is the only one. And like you said, if he can't drive and kick, he's not doing it. And if he takes 27 shots, he's not doing it. Right? Right. And and Bledsoe, I mean, Bledsoe's okay at it. But like I said, coming off the bench, if George Hill's the only guy who can drive and get, you know, capable of getting eight assists in a game, you're not going to win the game. George Hill can't be your second best player. No. And he has been, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) He's been the second most consistent player for sure. I mean, yeah, and and I know what I'm getting from him. Yeah. I have no clue what I'm getting from Middleton. No. No clue what I'm getting from Bledsoe. Brooke Lopez looked lost uh, out there. And Wes Matthews should retire. (laughs) Yo, this is is my problem with, with these with these aggressive defenders. How do you, you do a great job on LeBron like less than a week ago, but you can't, you can't stop Josh Richardson. You can't stop Tobias Harris from doing whatever he wants. You can't stop Furkan Korkmaz. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, dude, you're not a real defender. If you only prepare for the elite players, let me uh, reiterate something I said months ago on here if Ben Simmons gets more than 9 assists the 76ers can beat anybody but if he's not getting 9 assists I'm not I'm not picking the 76ers ever and you see last game what he has 17 assists yeah something and, crazy and to this um, last I mean yesterday he had 14 and um, they set a stat on TV that he accounts for like 68% of Tobias Harris's points I mean, so if Ben doesn't get assists, Tobias doesn't score. And, I, I mean, you see what happens. 14 assists, they're going to win most nights. He gets 14 assists. That's how they have to play. Ben Simmons can't give you 25 and only get four assists. They're going to lose every game like that. And um, I think this was good jo- a good job coaching on uh, Brett Brown's part. I agree. And um, I, I kind of want to take a different approach because <clears> – <throat> Like you said, you're not picking the Sixers if, if Ben Simmons doesn't get nine assists. If if you're trusting Ben Simmons to like to decide the outcome of the game, you're gonna lose. <laughs> I don't trust Ben Simmons. I don't trust uh, as as great of shooting nights as Josh Richardson and Tobias Harris had. I don't trust half. this bench. Definitely don't trust the I, bench. this bench. Is is a contender for worst bench in the league? Yeah. Clark Maz is your sixth man. Yeah, and there's another team we'll talk about later that's a contender for that spot too. But uh-huh. uh, you know what I will say, and this is to me their key, uh, Embiid's play the last two weeks since getting called out by uh, Shaq and Chuck. Yeah. If that keeps going into the playoffs, this team yeah. could come out of the Eastern Conference. I mean. And I trust that. More than I trust those other guys. Yeah. It, I think that their problem is that 
they have to be their moving parts have to like be working like a clock for them to win games. That's and that's fair. not good. Like if one part is off, the whole team is off. And I mean that's but that I, happens with some teams, but it's hard to win a championship that way. You know what I'm seeing though is Embiid is starting to elevate some of these guys. Cuz Embiid is protecting the paint. Yeah. Uh, he, and yesterday he was doing a phenomenal job. He was blocking everything. Yeah. He was contesting everything. There was no easy shots around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he could give you that defensive anchor and he, he makes guys better, he's not holding the ball, he's not floating out on the perimeter. And you know what he did? He took good, wide-open three-pointers. Thank God. Again. It wasn't size up. It wasn't step backs. It wasn't like jab threes oh get that out of your game <laughs> jab threes <laughs> like um this makes me yeah. sick yeah i know what you're talking about like if for you're sure. not living in the paint because you're a capable shooter like he's mm-hmm. he shot the ball poorly in stretches but i know he can shoot the ball yeah i don't mind him taking if if you're feeling it and you trail and ben simmons just you know hands it back to you you're wide open shoot the ball yeah uh, and that's what I'm. That's what I saw yesterday that I loved, man. He was taking good shots. He was making good, decisive moves. And mm-hmm. if he stays healthy and continues to play like this, they could beat any team in the Eastern Conference. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. A lot of ifs. Yeah, yeah. And, and the problem with them is, man, if Embiid, if he's just a little bit off, you know, it could. It could just cost them the whole game, and that's that's tough. It's tough when you have someone that dominant leading your team. He's got to he's got to learn to play through that. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and we'll we'll see. You know, again, a lot of ifs. <laughs> One of the reasons I'm so critical of them. Yeah. Now uh, to the fourth game. <laughs> uh, third game. I know. To the fourth. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we. I don't have anything to say about this game, honestly. I mean, the Rockets, the, uh, <laughs> the internet was blowing up on him yesterday after the game. That was funny. Uh, about talking about the KD like, te- texts and tweets. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you know what's crazy to me is yesterday, uh, it, it wasn't James Harden's fault to me. <laughs> because the Warriors, the Warriors said in the first half he was killing him. He was, mm-hmm. just, he was hitting his step backs, and once he's hitting those step backs, you can't stop him. Yeah. So you know what the Warriors, for people who didn't watch the game, or maybe didn't notice this, mm-hmm. they they doubled him the entire second half. Yeah. Literally, not, not when he came off a screen, not when he tried to, like, ISO. He literally was getting doubled as he crossed half court. Yeah. And, and they made everyone else... And yeah, they, they played four on three, and the Rockets are so trash that playing four on three for a whole half, you get blown out, basically. They played four, four on three and just clogged the paint and don't let anyone drive. Right. And they realized that their ball movement is trash. Um, their they can't their find shot open, selection is trash. And they can't find open guys without Harden passing it to them. And, I mean... There it is. I mean, we've been saying it. It's I can't believe this hasn't happened sooner. Yeah. Uh, but it's just to me like 
Harden made the right play. He didn't turn it over. No, he didn't. He passed it to the next guy. Like, at that point, if they're just straight up doubling you, you know, you got to let the other guys play. And this is the last time, uh, last year, uh, should be the last time anyone ever says Westbrook is better than Damian Lillard. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's long gone in my eyes. I mean, in my, it was it was gone in my eyes way before that. But last year should be the last time. Because as you saw yesterday and everyone else in the world saw, I mean, it doesn't. his stats mean absolutely nothing. Nothing. They mean nothing. He had 30, 12, and 5. Oh, it looks like old Westbrook. Doesn't it? But then 0 for 8 from the three-point line? Bro, what did I turnovers? just say? What did I just say about Embiid's, like, bad shot selection? Yeah. Westbrook. Get these jab threes out of your game. Five fouls. I mean, this is the Westbrook that Durant wanted to leave. He's a maniac. And he I was mean, so incredible last week just against the Clippers. Yeah. Like, this is... this is. I was just talking to my friend about uh, how great Paul George was midseason last year. Yeah. And you remember last year when we were doing the podcast, I was like, dude, Westbrook is turning a corner. Yeah. He's he's being unselfish. He's letting Paul George control the game. And then a month later, all that shit died. <laughs> I know, and that's what cost them the whole playoffs almost. Yes, and it's happening again. Yeah. He he like shows the ability to fix the issues that he's had. But I guess you just you can't teach an old dog new tricks. The problem is he's just a he's just selfish and he's just a head case. I mean that's and I don't mean I don't want to disrespect Westbrook because there is times that I do like Westbrook and there's reasons that I like Westbrook, but I would never want to be on his team. I always like his energy. Yeah, I like his energy. I still like how he goes to the basket sometimes, um, but not as much as I used to. Right, me either. I haven't, I haven't seen Westbrook like legit dunk in a long time. It feels like I mean he's dunked, but. He hasn't dunked on anyone in a in it feels like years, and it hasn't been years, but it feels like it. Um, so his aggression has went down a little bit, but I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure what he thinks, who he thinks he is. Dude, I, Houston, <laughs> I don't understand how many bad shots did he take, like bad perimeter shots. I swear, every jumper he took was not a good shot. Yeah. Like nobody, mm-hmm. nobody on in that on that bench thinks like, "Yo, Russ, maybe maybe you don't need to jab into corner threes." He maybe missed twenty one shots. Maybe but... if you catch the ball and are gonna shoot it anyway, just catch it and let it fly. Westbrook missed more shots than anyone on the team took, and the thing is, you know, the Rockets, Daniel House. Like, you don't need to be taking 15 shots. Especially when you're 5 for 12 from 3. 12 out of his 15 shots were threes. Yep. Why? Harden doesn't even do that. I'll tell you, uh, I, t- I said there's another team who has is a contender for worst bench in the league. <laughs> Houston, I have no problems if somebody came up to me and said Houston is the worst bench in the league. I'd be like, you're right. 
It's bad. It's so awful, bro. Austin Rivers has no role. Yeah. He's not good, and he doesn't have a role. <laughs> well, in their defense, they were missing arguably their two best bench players. With Gordon and Gerald Green, who's not coming back back this season at all. But Eric Gordon is their best bench player. He might be their best player. <laughs> Look, I, 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 have, I have said that Eric Gordon should fix a number of their problems. Yeah. But they just, it's still the same shit. Like, okay, Eric Gordon comes back, but you still put Rivers out there with no, he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, he's trying to be aggressive defensively. And to his credit, in the first half, he made some nice plays. Yeah. And, like, I'm not saying Rivers shouldn't be in the league. But when you, you can't put a bad player out there and he has no clue what to do. Right. You're asking him to play poorly at that point. And he has, like, what position does Rivers play? That's what I'm saying. They have him playing, like, small forward. <laughs> it makes <laughs> no four. sense. He's a 6'4 point guard in college playing small forward on who on a team that thinks they're a championship contender. So, I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, and they have they try to use some guys and then they never play them again. I don't understand. I've never understood that about D'Antoni. No matter how good someone plays one time, it never guarantees them a spot like they'll ever play again. But then, but then other guys just get like these definitive roles. Like Ben Mac, all of a sudden we're trusting Ben Mclemore to just jack every time he touches the ball, right? Just because he had a hot like two weeks. And didn't like um, that guard Chris Clemens? Didn't he have like twenty five one night or twenty? Yeah, he hasn't touched the... the court. Right, he didn't play at all. But honestly, um, I don't want him to play because they're gonna put him out there just like Rivers. They're gonna throw him out there to just. Just be on the court. We don't really know what what you should do, but we're going to put you out there so our rotation works. Yeah, but... (laughs) Yeah, I don't want them to do that either, but it doesn't make sense that they keep, like you said, forcing Ben McElmore and Austin Rivers to be spot-up three-point shooters. And neither one of them are really shooters. They can hit a three, but they're not shooters. And, I mean, and they... (laughs) I don't know why they ha- gave Gary Clark a contract. And he, they play him, and Chandler has had some really good games. Chandler didn't touch the floor, while Willie Cauley-Stein was just doing whatever he wanted to on the court. He was a defensive threat. He looked like Tyson Chandler yeah, on the other team. bad. But let me say something positive about um the Warriors real quick. I think that the new guys are... I don't know they were played they played the Rockets, but the new guys actually look like they're learning how to play like the Warriors, which is good. I think their ball movement was really good. I think their role they actually did have roles, most of the guys. Uh <laughs> didn't look like it in the first half. Not in the first half, but the second half, I mean, everyone was firing on Yeah. Yeah. Draymond looked like a leader. Um, I think they, I think Kerr did a good job substituting with momentum, I guess. I don't know how to say it, like how I want to say it, but like D'Angelo Russell was, he's their best guard. But at the time, Kai Bowman was like playing really well 
he didn't put D'Angelo back in just right, because right. D'Angelo was good. He let the team that was in roll. Like, and it, it wasn't. It was kind of a weird team. I think it was like Draymond, Glenn Robinson, Bowman, Burks, and someone else. But like he just let them roll, and then he went on like a fifteen to like six run. Which was which was nice. I thought he did a good job coaching. I thought the substituting was good. Uh, I think they looked good. Yeah, Santa Cruz Warriors were rocking last night. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. uh, I mean, yeah, I liked what I saw, man. I liked the energy of the crowd. Yeah, uh, I was I was impressed that they could get a crowd that lit on a you know with how bad they've been. The Rockets came to town. They had to. Facts, you're right. No, but I will say. I... Uh, early in the game, I was watching with a friend of mine, and I was like, man, I think Glenn Robinson about to be out of the league. And <laughs> then literally, he crazy. <laughs> literally, as soon as I said that, he got a bucket, and then he just took off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. yo, man, I spoke way too soon, I guess. And his threes were so big. Yeah. Yeah, and he's not a three-point shooter, which... um. I like a number of their guys, man. I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how these guys fit with Steph and Clay, Because yeah, ideally, they should fit pretty easily. I think so, too, yeah. And some of these guys are only going to get better with, you know, limited roles and, and kind of, again, a little more structure with how they play. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I also think uh, they'll be significantly better when Looney gets back. Yeah, and when Pascal gets healthy too. Right, right. Because Marquise Chris, <laughs> dude, I I think I've only seen twice in my life someone get two offensive fouls in in a row, two straight possessions. And they were like the same way too. Literally, <laughs> yeah. like you. Oh, here's a lesson for you to learn. Oh no, I'm just gonna do the same shit the next play. Like, yeah. Come on, man. So, and, and why is he driving from the three-point line into the I basket? Don't know. I guess he thought he was Draymond Green. If he's not catching alley-oops, he shouldn't touch the ball. No, as as no. That's, exactly. <laughs> Get him out of here. Yeah. But I think the, he, the Warriors are in good shape, man. Like, I know they lost the year, but again, with those injuries, how could you not lose the year? Yeah. How do you lose the, both Splash Brothers and think you're right. going to win games? Yeah, no. And honestly... If they had either one of them right now and the team was playing like they did last night, they could beat almost anybody. They'd be Just a, one of them. They'd be like a borderline playoff team. Yeah. yeah. E- either Steph or Clay, I think, they'd be a borderline playoff team. Yeah. All right. Um, the big game, the Battle of L.A. Ooh, where to start? First of all, before we get into the game, NBA, are you kidding me? You're struggling for ratings, and you want to test a new camera angle in the biggest game of Christmas? That dude, that blew my mind. Like, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I consider myself a basketball nerd. You know, I love basketball. Obviously, we have a podcast about it. I watch it. I play it. I coach it. Yeah. And the first three games were so boring to me. I didn't even want to watch basketball anymore. Uh huh. Like they were not close. Uh, it just it was messy. Yeah. There wasn't like there wasn't that fire of you know compet like that competitive fire that you want to see, especially with playoff teams battling. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Warrior uh, Clippers Lakers, the game of the night. I'm I'm so hyped. I'm I'm an NBA fan. I can't. I've been waiting for this all day. Mm-hmm. And we get these trash, over the top camera angles that that was making me nauseous. Yeah. There, there was another angle from like the side. It was like almost like a fan's perspective from the side. Uh, the sideline. I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, the Kevin Hart cam. <laughs> Bro, that's it. It really yeah. blew my mind. I was I was just in shock. Mm-hmm. I was in shock. I was like, and they would linger. It would just keep going. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing with that shit. Yeah, it was it was wild for sure. Well, let's talk about the game. What do you want to get into first? Um, let's go Lakers first because they're the losers. I thought they were the better basketball team yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I I did. I thought defensively they were much more active. Uh, much big. They looked a lot bigger defensively. Mm-hmm. Like you felt their uh, their front court size, their guards were putting pressure on everybody on the perimeter, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought their rotations were were mostly good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we all know why the Lakers lost this game. <laughs> Say it, LeBron James. <laughs> uh huh. Was he stat chasing? He wasn't. I don't think he was stat chasing. I thought he just played like garbage. Okay. He just allowed. He allowed the defense to kind of dictate what he would do. Yeah. And normally he kind of like he controls games. He had no control over this game. Yeah. And again, I thought the Lakers were the better team. <laughs> Him and Anthony Davis both shot sixteen percent from the field. I mean, from the three, from the three. Yeah, I mean, Davis, Davis just, like, he didn't get the ball at the end of the game, which blew my mind. I know, they both played 40 minutes. They, when when the Clippers, because the, the Lakers were leading for a big chunk of this game. Mm-hmm, up uh, until the fourth quarter started, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, from, from, like, mid-second quarter to, to the mid-fourth quarter, they were winning. Mm-hmm. Pretty comfortably for a lot of that time, too. Yeah. And, dude, at one point... As the Lakers started struggling, LeBron was struggling, and it just—it was just LeBron, 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 and it was just bad shot, bad decision, bad shot. Oh, he made it! Another bad shot. Yeah. And it—it was—it was for like a four-minute stretch where they didn't play through Anthony Davis, as he, and he was on the court the entire time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know whether to blame Frank Vogel or blame the so-called great point guard. Who doesn't want to give the ball to their best player? Right. And you know what what killed me? This is why I don't want to blame Frank Vogel. They mm-hmm. called a timeout when the Clippers, I think, went up three. I think they just took the lead and they went up I mean, three or five, something like not too bad. They come out of a timeout. They immediately go to Anthony Davis. He gets a dunk. Mm-hmm. Rest of the game, they they force isos to him. And then LeBron just decided to, you know, let me lose this game, AD. I got this one. <laughs> Am I lying? Is has anything I just said been incorrect? No, and I, I know, yeah, because they went right to that alley oop, right 
to... It was like a pick and roll. I don't remember if it was an alley-oop. I think he just hit him in the, in the roll. He just dunked it. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, it was a and nice dunk. Yeah. It really... It killed me, man. I, this is... It's games like this that I can never put LeBron over Michael Jordan. I can never put LeBron over Kobe Bryant. There's zero chance Kobe would have lost this game. That's from... Ah, it hurt. Bro, I can feel... LeBron not caring about the game. Uh-huh. I could feel it in in his just in his body language and how he played and the kind of trash jumpers that he took all game long. Another yeah. guy, dude, you hit one or you hit two threes, why are you shooting 10 of them? Right. And another thing that the Lakers did to me that I that I thought was a little bit surprising they kind of let the Clippers dictate their um, rotation as well. And I, I thought that was kind of weird. Like, Dwight only, like, barely playing just because they wanted to go small ball with Davis at the center, which Davis has said multiple times he didn't want to play center. And um, they had him at the center, and their offense kind of looked, looked weird, but no one was really getting the shots that they should have. Like... Yeah. And then, really, the only people who contributed to the game was Kuzma, LeBron, and AD. And then, I mean, Caldwell Pope had a decent game. Yeah, I everyone else, good. everyone else, two points. Caruso, two points. Dwight, two points. McGee, two points. Bradley, that's not gonna cut it. And then, I mean, Danny Green hit two threes, right? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought but, Danny Green had a strangely bad game. Yeah, I mean, he he was hacking. He was missing box outs. For a, a lot of the time, it seems like it was only the three those three players on the court. Yeah. And normally that is the point guard's fault, which is LeBron in this situation. Rondo came in and played okay, but I mean, he didn't really get he didn't have that much time to really like get going. It felt like, um, yeah, I, it was just weird game managing. By LeBron, I'm not gonna blame Vogel either because Vogel, coaching wise, I didn't think they got out coached or anything. Yeah, to me, their record tells me that Vogel has done a good job. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, and we'll just transition to the Clippers now. I mean, the Clippers played really good defense, and the opposite of what the um, well, who were we talking about earlier? Oh, the 76ers. The Clippers, like, Paul George doesn't have to have a good offensive game right? for them to win every game. And he didn't. He didn't. He was looking it, like playoff P out there. Yeah, but his defense, he played great defense the whole game. Yeah. He, I mean, he was strapping LeBron low-key yeah. at one point and blocking Anthony Davis's shots a couple times. Um, but Kawhi, every time they got Anthony Davis on the island, they scored on him. Every time. They did. Or they at least attacked him. PG hit two threes dead in his face. Kawhi hit a three in his face and then made, like, the nicest dribble move I've ever seen him make, take him straight to the rack. And which I'm surprised the guy who says he's he should be the favorite for a defensive player of the year was getting cooked all night one-on-one, just straight one-on-one. It wasn't like he was uh, the help man and just got stuck. They just isolated him all night um but i agree with you overall 
I think the Lakers look like a stacked team. The way Kuzma came in on fire. I mean, he came in on fire. He didn't heat up. As soon as he came in the game, he hit like two threes. Yeah. And then they didn't use him anymore. Nope. Like he had a quick 25 or he had a quick like 17 or something in like one quarter. And in the fourth quarter, he had, they barely gave him the ball or played him. Yeah. Um, I, I just think the reason I say the Lakers look better is because they, as a team, they looked way more just dynamic. I agree with that for sure. Yeah. And it, it killed me that LeBron was the fucking problem. <laughs> yeah. He was, bro, I said their rotations were mostly good. He yeah. was the one missing rotations and giving up open dunks. Yeah. Everybody else was looking like the Raptors out there. Another thing, they should never say LeBron's defense is better than Kobe or Jordan. Never. And this, the thing is, I get LeBron is probably the most spectacular defender out of the three of them because he gets the crazy blocks. He gets, like, the timely steals. But when it comes to just one on one, he's not—he's not a good defender. And when it comes to help defense, unless he's blocking a shot, I'm going right at my guy. If LeBron's there, he's not going to do anything. Bro, this and LeBron what... gets—he gets so um, like he gets so afraid to foul sometimes to me. Yeah. You you notice that? Yeah. Like if if LeBron's going to foul you, he's not going to even go for the shot. Unless he knows for sure he's going to get a clean block. And when he does foul, it's like the world ended to him. Like, he gets close to getting attacked every time he gets just a normal foul. Yeah, um, he also, he's allowed to talk to the refs, like, significantly more than anybody else. Yeah, and it's, the thing is, it's not even like an arguable call. It's like he just reached. Right. And he's arguing with the ref for five minutes. Three times up court, he's talking about the same thing. Um... There was a moment in the second... It wasn't a moment. Uh, so the Clippers at one point, they put out um, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, their big four, mm-hmm. and Landry Shaman. Yeah. Good lineup. Yep. Guess who LeBron got guarded in that lineup? Landry Shaman? Yep. <laughs> and the other guys were cooking. I mean, Kawhi Leonard did whatever he wanted. Nobody nobody was like, you know what? We got to fucking stop him. I didn't see any true, like, hard defense on Kawhi. Nope. And they were just letting him dribble whatever he wanted. No one even reached for the ball when he was dribbling because he's not that good of a ball handler. He gets stripped often. But, I mean, I shouldn't say stripped, but he gets the ball poked often. And they were just watching him dribble, watching him do his little ball handling drills. And then he was just hitting jumpers in people's face. Yeah. I, I just, he was way too comfortable yesterday. He was, yeah. And that, that shit was making me sick. Uh, I thought, I thought Lil Wills was surprisingly bad. He was trash. Uh, Lou, that missed layup, man. Whew. Trash. He got a, bro, when he got the foul for that, I was like, bro, I wouldn't even want that foul. Because that, <laughs> it just stops the game and it allows everybody to really like, Really think about, like, yo, you just missed a wide-open layup, bro. I know. Yeah, I agree with that, though. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, but, but yeah, man, I thought the Lakers, like, they, they had the blueprint to win this game. Because, as a team, they did rotate well. I thought they did a good job of 
they kind of, at one point, they were doing a good job of getting the ball out of Kawhi's hands and just letting, you know, Zubats do whatever or let, like, Harold do whatever. Yeah. And they got away from that towards the end of the game. Yeah, they did. They got away from that, and part of that is just you got you got got you got your best player, or to me, he's I mean, he's looking like your second best player. He doesn't want to take any kind of challenge. And this is today is why I mean, yesterday was why I understand when people say Kawhi is the best player in the league over right. LeBron. Um, and I, and part of me just doesn't want to believe that. But yesterday it was kind of clear to me, and it's because Kawhi, at everyone in the league. I think Kawhi um, is the most consistent at having a good game on offense and defense every night. Out of everyone, he's the most consistent at having good games on both ends. LeBron will have one a good game on one end, and it's still not even consistent anymore. Um, and I mean, you see what happens. You just, I just wish LeBron would play basketball. LeBron doesn't even look like he's playing basketball half the time. He wants to like, he wants to design everything so much. Yeah. He wants to be the guy that makes the offense like click. He wants to be the creator. He wants to be the scorer. Like, bro, just play the game. And this is why he needs a guard that is like not a good point guard. Because when you have a good point guard, there's no point in being out there with LeBron. Right. You're not doing anything. Because LeBron is doing all the point guard stuff, not doing it well, um, you know, as of lately. But when Rondo and LeBron are out there, Rondo has nothing to do. And a lot of times they, like, shield Rondo's good passes still for some reason. When Rondo wants to get off with a nice pass, they blow it. They had, dude, when they started blowing them out, or they weren't blowing them out, but they were up, like, 13 yeah. It was LeBron was setting screens for other guys. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. I need, dude, if, if LeBron did this all game, he'd end up with like 15 rebounds, like 25 points on 10 shots. Yeah. Like, why, why would you not play like that? Yeah. And LeBron just always wants to control everything, man. It's so irritating. Do you think Dwight Howard should have played more than he did? Yeah, because. The size, their size was the, one of the biggest reasons they had the lead. I know. They were that's killing what, him on the boards at one point. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, why is Dwight Howard not in the game? And when Dwight came in, he had like two good blocks. He had a vicious dunk and one dunk. I mean, he was playing good defense, good help defense. They were clogging the paint when um Kawhi and PG drove. I thought McGee and Dwight didn't play enough. Yeah. They started McGee both halves, and then he, like, never touched the court again. Like I said, they they tried to dictate. They tried to let the Clippers' small ball lineup dictate how they played. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, you don't have to do that. That's not how you win games. You don't play the the cat in the cat and mouse situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't adjust to the other team. You make the team adjust to you. Because, I mean, with Dwight and McGee or Dwight and Anthony Davis out there – they were at a disadvantage. Mo Harkless is not stopping Anthony Davis. No, he's not. I mean, he's not stopping Dwight either. And Dwight's not even good anymore. So, I mean, yeah, it, it was it was weird. And Lakers just blew some plays, you know, bad turnovers, 
bad choices, and I think they're li- they need to figure out their lineup better still. And don't I, I mean, yeah, just play your lineup. They need no to play. No reason to dic- let Clippers dictate, like you said. And LeBron, like you said, LeBron can't just be the centerpiece all the time. He just has to like, he has like you said, he just has to play basketball, like play a pickup game. I'm saying, stop overthinking the shit. Yeah. Why did it take them so long to even for LeBron to even get to that step back that Patrick Beverly knocked out his hands? Yeah. Which is a good play. I I mean, to me, it's not controversial. You look at the replay; it's off LeBron. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a good play. He could have foul. It could have easily been a foul if he missed the reach. Yeah. Uh, but it just it took them like 15 seconds to get to LeBron is isolated on Patrick Beverly. There's no room. There's no creativity. LeBron has nowhere to go, and the game ended fittingly. They didn't even deserve to get a shot off. I agree with you. I agree with everything you just said. I mean, really, like if if Beverly doesn't steal that. You really think LeBron's just draining that shot? No, he's not. He's been he's like two for ten on the night. Yeah. And he was taking open shots, he just couldn't shoot the ball. Yeah. And the thing and man, it pains me. It really makes me physically ill when they don't let Rondo play point guard. Why is Rondo a two guard? He's never been a two guard. He's never been a shooting guard. He can't shoot. Looks lost. Him running down the court, I've never like every time I see Rondo coming to half court without the ball, <laughs> running over half court with the ball not in his hands, it it makes me want to pull out my hair, cause it's it's like a waste of you're playing four on five, and to think he won a championship as a point guard and you're using him as a off guard doesn't make any sense to me. Name another point guard that start playing off guard to try to win another championship after they already won one. It really, it, it's weird to me that they all, I would expect Rondo to be subbed for LeBron a lot of the time. Yeah. But they like try to force playing the two of them together. Yeah. And I, I get that the IQ's there, but they, they really like, I don't know. To be honest, LeBron some, has to take a step back. Some nights I would pick their second five to beat their first five in a five-on-five, five, like a pickup game to yeah. 21. If Caruso's feeling it, for sure. I would pick Rondo, Caruso, Dwight, Kuzma, and... and um, well, Bradley doesn't always start, right? He started yesterday. Okay, well, I'll, t- I'll take KCP too. But sometimes KCP starts and Bradley doesn't. Right, right. But I would, I would like to take Bradley in the second five. But I'd take KCP, too. I'd pick them to win over the starting five from yesterday. Yesterday, KCP looked like a starter. (laughs) He might be starting next game. Yeah, but I couldn't find Bradley. Bradley and Danny Green were just, they might as well not even came to the game. Danny Green was killing me with those. He He was the reason they lost. Like, he just kept fouling. Yeah. And he would get upset. Like, and they would show the replay. It was such an obvious foul. Yeah. Like, right in front of the ref, and you're getting mad. Like, dude, you've been in the league too long. Yeah. Well, shout out to... Um, shout out to Patrick Beverly. And Kawhi. Good and games. Kawhi. And PG didn't play bad. He just shot really bad. I mean, 
I thought I offensively he played pretty bad. He his I don't know why he was trying to go one on one every time and then not do anything with the ball or just take a bad shot. And Montrezl played good. He was just a good off you know, off the ball. Lou Williams played trash. Shamit, you know, he's getting back into it. Did Jermichael Green play? Yeah, he had a three. Oh, that's he didn't right. play until the second half, which was crazy to me. And like I remember LeBron hitting a three in his grill. Yeah, one of the few threes LeBron hit. Okay, the last game. Anything? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I turned this shit off at halftime. Listen to me. I've said it. I've said it here. What? Three weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Jamal Murray only takes ten shots. Why are you playing him to take 10 shots? Please tell me on on what team in the NBA does Jamal Murray play on and only take 10 shots? Why? And then, come on, man. And Malik Beasley takes 14? In what universe does Malik Beasley deserve more shots than Jamal Murray? It's probably because Drew Holiday was guarding him. It doesn't matter. I mean, but that's on the team to get him some shots. I mean, that's what screens and plays are for. And I, I mean, he was working him. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Drew Holiday was he's an elite defender at this point. And but come on, man. I'll Did Alonzo uh, Ball start at small forward and you lose. <laughs> yeah. So first half uh, for me. And I didn't think Denver would lose, but I easily I, – I, I figured they, they could. Yeah. Because – and offensively, you know, they've they've been a mixed bag offensively, like, since they got good. Who, who are you talking uh, about? Denver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But defensively, they were terrible in my opinion. I thought they allowed uh, favors to bully people. They allowed uh, Holiday to go wherever he wants – Favors look like Charles Barkley. <laughs> they allowed, <laughs> they allowed Etwan Moore to eat. They I allowed. Have seen him play this year? Brandon Ingram looked like the Kevin Durant we've all been waiting for. <laughs> I take Brandon Ingram over Middleton right now. <laughs> yeah, he looked <laughs> flawless. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, and dude, I just don't understand. They're so, they're too good of a team to be bad defensively. Yeah, and for JJ like, Redick to the way JJ Redick was scoring. Yeah, I mean he was giving them buckets. He wasn't just <laughs> he wasn't hitting threes. He only made two threes. Bruh, in the I just watching that first half, I was like, this is the this is the messy kind of basketball that made me want to turn the fucking games off earlier. And Hart looked like a six man of the year candidate. It was crazy. It's like I thought Harris was playing well. I thought uh, Grant was balling when they put him in. He was. Uh, Jokic looked pretty solid. He did. But then, like every time, no one else looked good though. Every time the Pelicans would score, would score free throws, score, score. I'm like, yo, can we get a stop? <laughs> and you know what's what? What blows my mind even more is the Pelicans were kind of fire offensively. Mm-hmm. And somehow Lonzo Ball playing 17 minutes in the first half. Zero points. Zero uh, rebounds. 
zero assists, zero fouls, uh, one turnover. Mm-hmm. In 17 minutes of clock. Mm-hmm. My guy, how trash can you be? <laughs> Dog, in 17 minutes, he couldn't get an assist? And he's supposed to be a point guard. He's supposed to be a <laughs> supposed to be a transcendent like vision guy with vision. Jason Kidd reincarnated. They called him. Dog, remember? Dog, I'm done with him. I'm done with him. He's awful. He killed, He cooked the second half though. Ten and nine. <laughs> it just goes trash, to sh- it just goes to show how bad Denver was defensively. And as I said, like. It might have been last podcast. They need a new coach. And look what they did. Give him an extension. Congratulations, Mike Malone. I was going to say, I was going to give him a congrats. But after that game, after catching an L like that, that's not good, man. What happened to Millsap? Did he get hurt? He looked (laughs) fine in the first half. Zero. They can't have starters getting zero. Like, again, they're, they're starting to be like that clockwork team too. And they didn't used to be. But now it, if like everything's everyone's not playing good, why the dude, whole team is trash. I, I, I like Will Barton. And it, to me it's not his fault. It's just like his persona. But uh-huh. why is why is Will Barton the most confident player on this team? He's the most con- he looks like he has the greenest light. That's what, why is he why does he he carries himself like their best player? I think there's two players off the bench better than him. Exactly. <laughs> and it, it just and it's not his fault because he's just being aggressive. He's you know, he's he's confident. Like I can't blame him for that. No, yeah, I get it. it. It to me it's like, dude, these other guys have to step up. Like, yeah, Malone maybe isn't doing a good job, but Jokic when they struggle, he's nowhere to be found. Millsap is nowhere to be found regardless of whether they're great or awful. Murray mm-hmm. it, for some reason, when he's playing bad, he always looks hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I can't put all of that on Malone. No, yeah. I no, gotta give I all, gotta man. give some of these players, like, yo, y'all gotta be better. Right. And they're top four seed in the conference right now. The, that's the one thing I like about them is they're winning a bunch of games really not playing very well. Yeah. Uh, and that makes me trust them a little bit more, but... I mean, if we got the same issues that we had last year, I, it's, it's going to be another second round exit. Yeah, they need to they need to make some serious changes. I don't even know if it's changes. I just think they, they, need, they to need to better. play better. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they lose to the second worst team in the conference by twelve. Easily. Yeah, I mean... It wasn't like a struggle for them. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they'll get the Rockets in the first round. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Anyway, any more basketball to talk about? Any... There's no news, right? Um... Dante just coming back. Oh, Jordan Clarkson to Utah. Do we care? I think it's a good move for Utah. It's a good move. They they are desperate. They need some one-on-one... They're Bastards. falling apart. They're falling apart. They waved Jeff Green a couple days ago. Oh, they waved Jeff Green? They waved him. Can you believe that? He wasn't the person that needed to be waved, in my opinion. I mean, he was playing like garbage. He was. But, I mean, if, if you're going to wave the garbage players, Joe Ingles got to go. Shit, Mike Conley might have to go, too, with some of the games he's had. 
other than Donovan Mitchell, who on the team would you put money on to beat another NBA player one-on-one? Bogdanovich. <laughs> you know what's crazy is That's he, it? That he, right? has, he has took off, and it's almost like he's sucked the powers from everybody else. It does seem like that. Because Gobert is like, he's, he was nowhere to be found. Yeah. I don't know. They're just, they're a mess, man. Other than Bogdanovich and Mitchell, anyone else on the team no. be anybody one on one? Nope. That's and you can't win games like that. I mean, you you're not gonna win a championship like that. I should say you yeah. can win games, but Clarkson is a good pickup in that, like from that perspective. I mean, because yeah. he gives them the desperate need for bench firepower. Yeah, he'll come in and get he'll give people buckets for sure. Clarkson just had like thirty five. I think they gave it to the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for that, Clarkson. For nothing. I got, yeah, like you said, he didn't need it, up. but yeah, he is. And trading Exum, yeah. you you traded nothing. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, first pick too. Though. Hopefully, that second round, round pick. pick doesn't turn out to be great. Oh, they paid a second round pick. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're fine. They didn't lose anything. Exum was sec- should have been a second round. Exum pick is too. addition by subtraction. Yeah. All right, we're done with sports for the day. Um, do you have any like end of the year things you want to say about the sports? No, right? Uh, man, watching the games yesterday, the uh, this this whole NBA ratings struggle, it's real. Yeah. It is. Uh, I I don't even know how they could fix it, but they got to do something, man. I think they need. They need more incentives to win games, and they need better refereeing. They need to take the refereeing down a notch. Like, from from what it changed, like, three years ago, they need to go back, backwards. They need to be more loose. Because the, the calls they call, and the way the guys are manipulating the game, yeah. is just... Now, I don't know if you noticed, Anthony Davis did this against the Bucks a lot, uh last week mm-hmm. when he goes left as soon as he feels contact he's bumping throwing the ball up yeah everybody's starting to do that yeah kuzma did it like four times yesterday uh everybody on the rockets tries to do that shit yeah uh, everybody in philly greek freak was trying to do it this uh, it just amazes me because kobe iverson Maybe just them. They would average 40 points a game right now. With this refereeing? The way Iverson... Iverson got fouled every time he drove to the basket. The way... I mean, if Harden's getting fouled, Iverson got fouled every time. Can you imagine the late 80s Michael Jordan playing in this? Man. That, like, that 38-8-8 Michael Jordan playing in this era? Ridiculous. He'd be... He'd be literally... They'd have to triple team him. Yeah, and and Harden would not be good in the '80s or '90s. Oh no, no way. Hint. If you if you could play him and they didn't call a foul every time you touched them, I mean, there were only even the games he doesn't shoot a lot of free throws. The way he gets off on people is because they're afraid to check him. You can't guard him. You know, it pisses me off. They should honestly, they should bring back hand checking for real. I. It would force all these, all these pussies to get in the damn weight room and play real <laughs> basketball. 
Yeah. And actually work on, like, a lot of these guys really can't handle the ball well at all. Right. Um, and a lot just of these, because they... Like, Kawhi has become elite at this. He just goes through people. He does. He just, he grabs the ball, and he's, you know, he's a strong guy, so he can do it. And he just goes through people, and you can't do anything but foul. And that's, that is the majority of his buckets. It, because... He either goes through you and you foul him, or he goes through you and he just goes through you and he right, scores. Right, right. Yeah, because, I mean, his handles, last night was the best exhibition of his handles I've ever seen. Yeah, his and little was, uh, through the legs, back through the legs. Yeah. yeah he loves doing that shit. <laughs> yeah, and it, no, it really doesn't do anything. Nah, nothing. <laughs> People just stand there and watch. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Um. We're just going to... Get right into music and then play the gems, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, where are we starting? Okay. I don't know. Where do you want to start? You want to start with our let's talk with the, let's let's go with the songs first. Okay. Favorite songs of the year. Yeah. So you want to go five five four four? Uh. Or just give your yeah, five. Yeah, we can do five, that. Uh, all right. We well, let's go that. one at a time. Okay. I'll give my five. Uh, in my ranking, my number one song is Clear Cut, but the rest of these are interchangeable. Okay. Uh, uh, Big Boy Talk, DJ Khaled. Uh, <laughs> features are Rick Ross and Jeezy. If anybody's yeah. listening to either of them, they you know that they're a flawless combination. Yes. And uh, DJ, Khaled, DJ Khaled put it together very well. He didn't, yeah. It was like a, it was a vintage Jeezy verse. Yeah. It was just, it's exactly what I like hearing from him. <laughs> uh, and and yeah. Ross is, he's, he's done a good job all year with pretty much everything he's been on, so. Yeah. It's a good track. <clears throat> okay. Uh, my fifth is uh, <laughs> Summertime in Paris by uh, Jaden. Fifth? Yeah. I thought that would be your top two. Yeah, it was, it was close. I was going to guess. I was going to guess prior. Like, yo, is Summertime in Paris your favorite song of the year? <laughs> well, that's why I asked about the feature thing. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. When I asked about picking the feature, not the song. But, yeah. I I mean, we talked about it. So enough. good. So yeah, good. Yeah, it's a beautiful song, really. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at four, I put Sanguine Paradise. I've oh, listened okay. to this song a lot. Yeah, uh, it's one of the more like fun tracks that I've listened to all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Uzi, man, I thought I thought it would be his comeback. <laughs> I was so hyped, man. I was like, this is if this is what your next album is gonna sound like. And, and he dropped a track like recently that's pretty good too. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't like that he's been teasing with us with these random tracks. These yeah. random, really good tracks too. Yeah. Like man, I I've been listening. To that, I listened to that song all summer, "Sanguine Paradise," and I still listen to it now, like every now and then. Yeah, it's a good song, really good song. Um, my next one is uh, <laughs> "The Game" and Nipsey. Welcome home. Good pick. Great song. I mean, and it might be better because Nipsey is gone, but, but I mean, it, it would be fire either way. But uh. Yeah, man, it's just good album, great song. Yeah, that's it. 
<clears throat> Nipsey's had a, so many good features this year, man. I know. It's crazy. Uh, for me, number three is Nowadays Part 2 by Lil Skies. Low, super low-key, good album, Shelby, mm-hmm. uh, early in the year. And there was a couple of tracks. I think I played one as a gem that was really good. But uh, Nowadays Part 2 has is, is been on repeat all year long for me. Okay. Uh, I listen to it every time I want to get hyped to go work out. I listen to it every like before I go to work if I'm trying to get hyped. I listen to it when I'm in a bad mood. Like any song you go back to in so many different moods is yeah. a great track. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. So much I was Lil Sky's really like impressed me this year cuz this is kind of my first year really starting to listen to him. Yeah, and he has a following. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um, okay. My this is three. Yeah. Uh my number three is Risk It All by Jacquees and Tory Lanez. Good um album kinda went under the radar. Uh but man. I mean, we've talked about Tory as a featuring artist so many times. I I'm not sure if I know any like really bad songs with him as a feature. And if they are, it's not his fault. But um just a great song, man. I listen to it all the time. Uh, it's a good song to drive to for me. Um, yeah, that's it. Number two. Good pick. Uh, number two is the longest song in my top five. Might be the longest mm-hmm. song of any of either of our top fives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emerald slash Burgundy, Chris Brown. <laughs> yeah. So okay. good. And this song is weird to me because it's almost it's three songs in one. Yeah, it is. And normally I hate that shit. Uh-huh. Uh, but man, this this one is done so well. That's a surprising pick. I like it though. I dude, I love I love how the song comes in. I love how it it kind of slowly transitions to a uh, juvenile and and Juicy J, which yeah. by the way, the beat for them is is flawless. It is. Like that's ex- that, as far as Juicy J, like that is exactly the beat I want to hear him on. Right. Uh, and yeah. they killed it. I mean, they were great. And then when you think the song ends, it transitions to something completely different for the last, like, minute and a half. Mm-hmm. And he does that thing that Drake used to do all the time on, like, Nothing Was the Same. Uh, and, and he just, like, he doesn't... Chris Brown is capable of doing it so well. Yeah. Uh, and I love it, man. I it's hard for me to find a six and a half minute song that I want to listen to consistently. Uh, but this is definitely one of them. Good pick. Good pick. I mean, there's a lot of good songs in that album. I just wish it wasn't so many songs, Yeah. but yeah, there's a lot of good songs and it, it won't be remembered how Chris wants it to be just because there's too many songs. I think. Yeah. I, I could pick 13 on there. Probably it would be one of his best albums. Um, you could probably do and, that off the the other one that was forty five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, that one was tough because so many of those songs sounded the same. Like, right. I think he had like a, a lot of the same producer on those. He had a lot of island vibes on there. And anyway, um, my top two are both really low key. Um, so. I, I, I've played them on here though, so oh, okay. it doesn't matter. Um, my number two is Chevy Impala by Lolo Zuai. Um, her album was really, 
really slept on, I guess. Um, that name has, sounds familiar. Yeah, I, I talked about it on here, but uh, she has really hard beats, a lot of bass beats, and um, she has a high voice, though. Like a, I shouldn't say high voice, but she has a nice voice. She could really sing, but she plays, her music is kind of, she plays with like hip hop beats and sings over them. And, um, oh, yeah, I usually like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's she's a good project. Um, I think it's called Highs and Lows. I think High Highs and Low, low High Highs to Low Lows is called. Mm. But um, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's my number two. Good pick. <clears throat> and my number one is uh, Boy with Love. BTS <laughs> featuring Halsey. Wow. So good. <laughs> that's your number one so so good okay and i just i loved the song when i first listened to it and i i mean i've loved it and it came out in what march maybe even winter it might have even been earlier than march it was early yeah uh but i've it's been on my ipod all year long it's one of the few so my ipod doesn't have a lot of space so i usually delete certain things to put new stuff on there (laughs) Yeah. And this song has remained on my iPod the entire year. Yeah. And I've never skipped it. (laughs) Another, like, anytime it comes on, if you never skip it, great track. Good pick. Um, By the way, no one talks about how uh, their uh, BTS's, like, album names are so cool. They're so interesting. Even though their music doesn't necessarily reflect the album name. It's still, I like their album names for some reason. They sound really cinematic all the time. Yeah. Um. So mine, my number one, this is one, right? Yep. Yeah. My number one is uh, Tiffany XO by Jermaine Elliott. And I played it on here once. Um, I talked about him because he's kind of like a, he's definitely a Bryson Tiller child, you know? Yeah. Descendant, I should say. Um. But man, his EP S2D2, I've played it on repeat like all year too. And I, every time I go for a long drive, I end up going through it two or three times. Um, and Tiffany XO is my favorite off of there. It has like a nostalgic feel to it. And we're going to play our top ones later. But um, yeah, man, I play it in all kinds of moods, like you said earlier. Uh, it's one of those. So. It's always it's so hard to pick songs. It is like it al- is too- albums is significantly easier because you kind of have an idea, but songs like there's so many you might forget or you just kind of miss. Yeah, and, yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's next? Uh, we get into features real quick. I don't have too much to say. Okay. On features, let's yeah, just neither. give give your entire five, and then I'll give mine. Okay, uh, Lil Wayne on Family Ties. Good pick. Yes. Uh, oh, good pick. Honorable mention for me. Fab on What's Going On off Davies. Yes. Uh, Nipsey, of course, from Welcome Home. Yes. Um, Earth Gang on Down Bad. Nice. And, um, and this is like, she didn't do much, but her on I Don't Want Your Money. Yes. I just, I love her sound. I know. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that's it. Good picks. 
So for yeah. me, uh, at five, I had uh, Pusha T on Coke White, Moscow. Good pick. Such a good verse. Really good. Just verse. like Jeezy on Big Boy Talk. Like, ex- like the perfect sound for him. Yeah. Exactly yeah. what I want to hear. Yeah. Uh, at number four, I put uh, J. Cole on Sacrifices. Good pick. Very slept on verse by him. Yeah. It's, it's very easy to sleep on it because the album was kind of a letdown. But, man, going back to just... And I don't really... Honestly, I don't even like the song that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that verse is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, for three, I got Khalid on Caught Up. I remember I played it as a gem uh, mm-hmm. over the summer. Magic Jordan song. Yeah. Uh, it's a good song, but Khalid just like... On. Khalid just takes the song to a whole other level. Yeah, he does. Like, he just elevates it, which is so fire as a feature. Yeah. At number two, uh, you put me on, but Ludacris on No Sweat. Oh, yeah. Super fire. Yeah. And it just, like, it made me miss Ludacris. Uh, sure. Like, I remember once I first listened to that song, I, I was going back to Ludacris for, like, that whole month. Yeah. Uh, That's a super good pick. I forgot about that, too. Oh, man. And the song is really great, too. It is, yeah. Uh, yeah. And for me, my number one, and I said he was going to be on the on this list at least, but six lack on expectations was just, just oh, good pick, just perfect to me. Yeah, good pick. Yeah. All right. A lot of good features this year, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, what are we gonna do next? So let's get into the albums. Okay. Well, you want to play? You want to play one of our favorites first, or just play them back to back at the end? No, let's play one first, and we'll come back. Are right, you you want yours first? Yeah. All right, I got you. <laughs> you want to say anything about it, or just play? No, nah, man, it's a great track. All right, I'm putting y'all on. Hey, 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 hey,
Guitar on that is killing it. The rhythm guitar. Yeah, yeah. Halsey's so perfect it. on there too. Halsey's like um the seasoning that we said Ty Dolla Sign and Travis are. Yeah, yeah. She's that for pop for sure. Um, I'm excited right. for her album uh, <clears throat> coming out. Like probably gonna be the first big release of 2020. Hopefully it's not because <laughs> we've been waiting on like five people to come out with albums. Oh yeah. I don't trust any of them. Right. Big Sean, I don't understand. What? I'm not going to get into it. But yeah, I, I've heard it's going to be really good too. His graveyard is on fire right now. Okay. Um. All right, okay. so top albums. Yeah. Where do you want to start? We can start from 10. The or official we, 10 or our... do you want to give our favorites first? Oh, that's... What... Whatever, whatever you want. Let's give the official 10, and then we'll kind of get into our personal picks. Yeah, because I, I personally, I just picked ones that weren't on the 10 for mine anyway. Oh, okay. So, just to make it quicker. But, um, all right, uh, you, you go first. So, at 10, Rick Ross. Port of yeah. Miami Dose. Yeah. So good. Yeah, and... I mean, a lot of hate for no reason. Yeah, man, very controversial. I don't understand why. I don't. I don't know what. Though I feel like those same people liked his previous albums that yeah. were significantly worse. And I could have picked two or three features off of this. I mean, that were fire. I know. Denzel, Drake. Denzel, Denzel Curry. Curry. Yes. Drake actually like. 
That Drake on Gold Roses, I, I forgot how amazing Oof. that was. And Denzel has his um, verse on Running the Streets is a sleeper for, you know, top featured for sure. Um, Good project, man. I mean, he really, he, he emphasized how important this release was for him. And you could feel it. You could feel it. You could feel it in the product that we got. Yeah, so and, I mean, focused. He just—he sounds so good. And his producing of like the artists, I think all the artists fit their songs they were on. Um, it was good, man. Really, 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 really good. Yeah, man. <clears throat> One of the better rap albums of the year, easily. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number nine. Machine Gun Kelly. Yes, Hotel sir. Diablo. Slept on. Was this a sleeper, man? Oh my god. This yeah. album came out of nowhere. It did. I had no clue. Usually, like, even with his cheeky EP last year coming off of the <laughs> the the Eminem diss. Yeah. Like I had I, a couple days, like I I knew that it was coming. But it was clear he put that out because of the right. momentum right. from the diss. But yeah. this one just there's no no advertising, no preparation. It just dropped one day. Uh, it kind of dropped in a, like a great music time, like that May June stretch. Yep. Uh, and it was so good. Yeah. So good. I just yeah. It has a, a lot of good subject matter on here. I mean, you know, he talks about important things. Uh, it's versatile. His singing, his rapping. I mean. For people who don't know how versatile MGK is, I mean, this is he he pulled out everything. Yeah, man, he pulled out the bag on this. I, I was a fan of his. I've been a fan of his for a while, but this album just took it to. A, I was like, man, I didn't know he could do this. I didn't know he was this like. Um, his chemistry was this good with like other features. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. He made Trippy Red by far the best sound of Trippy Red's career. That little verse he had. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Not even, not even close. For yeah, sure. It's, it's a really great album, start to finish. Perfect length too. Yep. Uh and yes, a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah. Alright. Uh number eight, Saint John, Ghetto Lenny's Love Songs. We talked about it. It's such a different album. And I think that uh He's good for music right now because everything is starting to sound the same. I mean, I feel like that's fair to say. And, I mean, he's so unique. No one really sounds like him. He doesn't sound like anyone else. He has good features. And he can he shows he can make a good song on his own. Yeah, man. And it's nice, man. Beats are nice. This was... Uh, I had no expectation going into this one. And I listened to it late. Yeah. And oh my god, I was I was so impressed. I was like, damn, this guy's this guy's gonna be around for a while too. Yeah, and the guys who do like him, I mean, really, really, really love him. Right. Yeah. So he's gonna have good fans, good fan base for a while. Uh all right, uh number seven, Dave East, Survival. And we talked about that probably the most recent out of all these, right? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, for those who pe- for those who know Davies, I mean, 
you can just hear it, man. This this album has so many great songs on it. The features are really, really good. I mean, and it has really good stretches. And, I mean, he shows his versatility to me, which he didn't really show that That's well before. Because for a long time, it was a lot of hard, maybe two, you know, softer songs. And the rest of it is all, like, OD hard. And then this one, I mean, he talks about everything on here. And I think listening to this, you really get to know him more than his other albums. Yeah, man. I I, I liked him prior to this, but I really yeah. never liked any of his projects. Yeah. Like, all his projects are inconsistent. There's just mm-hmm. a, a number of songs I didn't really like. Yeah, we, we talked about, uh, you know, he was losing the percentage game for us. Right. When it came to songs we like versus songs we clearly do not. Yeah, and then this album, I mean, this album is just similar to MGK. Like, yo, I did not know you were capable of just this much fire in such a consistent, like, time slot. Right. Just the whole album just... And I, I've even grown to like the, the first couple tracks that aren't as good. Mm-hmm. Especially when you listen to the whole album through. They just, they sound so much better. I agree with that, for sure. Yeah. Um, number six, uh, the game Born to Rap. And this is actually the most recent, but uh, we we've expressed our love for the game multiple times. Uh, his, and his past albums, many of his past albums. And this album, man, I mean, he just sounded. He talked about so many real life things, and which which he normally doesn't. He's not as introspective as he was on this album normally. And it just sounded so good. And he just can make great songs, great features, such an array of features, vers- versatile features, from Ed Sheeran to Travis Barker to Miguel to Anderson to Dom Kennedy, which, you know, we could you could say things about, but it was a really, really, really good project. Yeah, you know what I love about this? In a year full of disappointments, this album lived up to the hype. Yeah. And that and this album had a lot of hype because we've been waiting for this shit for a while. Yeah, him saying it was going to be his last and all that. Yeah. yeah. And to me, man, this if, th- if this is his last, what a great closing album, man. I agree. I agree. Because one of the disappointments was like Jeezy saying his album was his last. Um... I think someone else said they were done. Uh, as far as disappointments, Post Malone. Disappointment. Uh, there's a number of things over the summer, too. <laughs> yeah. I don't even all remember right. all, all the stuff. Yeah. We don't need to. Yeah, we're yeah. staying positive today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, number five, Summer Walker. Yes. Over it. Yes. So Great good. Great R&B so good. project. The best female R&B project of the year on our list. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I don't even know what to say about it. it. Just You just have to listen to it. It's clear. Yeah. I, I didn't. I I came into that one like blind. I really, I'd listen to her, you know, once here, once there, but nothing crazy. Yeah. And man, I love this album. It, it's so good. It's, again, perfect length. The songs are, are quick. Uh, and it just it goes by. You just it's such a great album. Yeah, the features are so good. 
Yep. I love it, man. Yeah, and Come Through really has taken off. It's great. It's a great song. Um, <laughs> Tori should have taken notes. Anyway, um, number three, Beast Coast. Wait, we missed four. Oh, you're right. My bad. Number four, The Baby. His first album of this year, Baby, Baby on Baby. Baby. I mean, The Baby this year, man. What a year. What a year. He's everywhere. He's his music. I mean, he's making hits. And, and this album is just. I think if he has spread this album like throughout the whole year, this album would be full of hits. Oh, yeah. He, he could have six of these songs on the radio. Oh, yeah. And he's just. He's different. I mean, the. He. A lot of these songs have videos that are good videos. Um, he's so catchy. Uh, he has a good like. He has a good energy. He's got a good vibe as far as like he's you know he's aggressive. Yeah, yeah. And he kind of like we've heard all these guys kind of sound the same as far as talking their shit. Mm-hmm. But he just came in there with like with a very different sound from everybody. Yeah, he did very, and I love like he's he's one of the most you feel where he's from by you know what he sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. And, for sure. and with because of that, it feels so genuine, mm-hmm. uh, and it just makes it so much better like that. Yep. Now number three, Beast Coast. You yes. Escape from New York. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> this is borderline flawless, and it has, I mean, so many voices and so many good, good raps good rapping it's like legit good rapping and i i can't say that about most other uh most of the other um rap albums especially collaboration albums that's like this that's one. what's so crazy about this one yeah it's that there's no off nobody's off this this to me has set the standard for what i want like label albums or group projects to sound like yeah and the crazy thing is I never heard of most of these guys. <laughs> and that, I mean, I knew most of the, I wouldn't say all of them, but I might have only not known two people on the Dreamville album. And I only know two people on this album. And I like this one way better. I mean, yeah. no offense to the, I mean, a lot of people like the Dreamville one, but this one, man, the quality, such a good quality. It's such like just real talent rappers um, great project and this this album because i knew all these guys a little bit i don't really just listen to them often mm-hmm. but these guys sounded so much better like mixing it up with each other to me yeah where all their Chemistry. project like joey badass all his albums are boring to me mm-hmm. but on here with other great rappers it sounds so much like more fresh yeah so much more enjoyable there's a lot more impact to it uh, and yeah, all these guys kind of play off each other so well. Yeah. Okay. Number two, uh, we and we talked about this, and as soon as we heard it, we kind of felt it. Uh, why being Corday the Lost Boy? Um, what a project, man! To to start out like this, I mean, his first album, first 
like his debut album. Yeah, I feel bad, man. He set the bar insanely high. <laughs> I know, and with the the way he worked with the features he had, and huge name features for a debut album, by the way. Meek, Pusha T, Anderson, Chance, Ty Dolla Sign. I mean, his rap, he just showed he was such, so much of an advanced rapper. And that's one thing, um, I can't say that about someone else, another debut album I've heard, someone who raps as good as he does. Dude, I've never heard, to me, this debut album, and I don't want to call it, but it sounded like a classic. It did. And I have, like, for a debut album to sound like that? Yes. That's that's incredible. It sounded like someone who was on their fifth album. I know. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was impressed with everything that was on there, top to bottom. Yeah. I, I was just shocked. I was like, bro, I heard uh, YBN Almighty J. He's like, he's the joke. Yeah. The, the other YBN Almighty or YBN something, I don't even remember. The one that's in jail? Yeah. Like, he's Namir? A, he was a, yeah, he's a joke. Yeah. And then this dude drops, and it's it's an all-time classic. <laughs> it made me question if they even really know this guy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he's acting yeah. like, he, dude, he sounded like he's been working with Pusha T for years, Meek Mill for years. Like, like it just shouldn't sound that good. And him and Anderson sound like they're best friends. <laughs> like, I'm like, where did this come from? Yeah, man. And this is, this is great, man. Great project. We have a number two, so, so and it you sounded, haven't heard it. It sounded original. It didn't. It didn't kind of remind you of anybody, no, uh, which I love, man. Yep. And number one, we talked about it all year. Khalid. Yeah, I, this album yeah. is is just so good. Free spirit. I mean, I hated American Teen. I'm gonna be honest. Like I, anytime, anytime someone told me it was a good album, I would argue with them for. As long as it took, but bro, man, free spirit. He so many hits, so many, and they're all great songs. It's not like one of those where you're like, oh, they're forcing that hit. No, it was a great song. He has great songs, and uh, his evolution, I mean, his step up in his career is is amazing, and he's doing a great job. Dude, coming out of 2018, I thought he was trash. Yeah, me too. I like I, I like the, that one hit he had. Uh, what was it? Location. No, the one that's that popped up on this album that was on his little EP, like at the end of the year last year. Uh, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that yeah. song a lot, but I thought he was trash outside of that. Yeah, me too. And then like, you go through an album and it, it there's never a flaw. You just, it completely changes your perspective. Yeah. Like, yo, this guy could be fire for an hour and 10 minutes. Like, that's crazy. Yep. And this album is so Multiple different angles, too, of of style. And uh, then come right out of that with Up All Night. Mm. I mean, he's, he had a great. He's been, he's been in a, he had a great feature on uh, Beautiful People. He was fire uh, with Ed Sheeran. Yeah, uh, he had a number of other ones. I can't remember at the top of my head, but he said he had a good feature with Kyle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I miss me. I think. Yeah, he's had a similar to the baby. He's had a big year. He has a really good it's year. A lot, a lot more low key because he hasn't like he hasn't been all over than like this news and like you know media, social media. 
Yeah. Uh, but he's just put out good music all year long. Yeah, he's a low-key dude. Right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's our top ten. Um, if you haven't heard any of these songs, please, I mean, any of the albums, please listen to them, enjoy them. Um, yeah, and yeah, I don't think uh, any of these albums, like, you don't have to be a fan of hip-hop to enjoy Dave East or yeah. a fan of R&B to enjoy Summer Walker. Like, they're really good projects. They are. I, I completely agree. Yeah, and I think I can confidently say if you've never heard any of these rappers or artists before that you could go into these albums and enjoy them. Yeah, I yeah, agree. For, for the first time. Um, okay. Uh, your what are your top five? Uh, so I, my top five are actually all off the 10 that we just named. Okay. That's cool. Uh, so I'll get into it real quick. Uh, the baby on baby was my five. Mm -hmm. Uh, just, I had so much fun listening to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, summer Walker came in at four for me. Fire. Uh, it's so, so good. And Khalid was unfortunately at three. Oh, okay. he was he was for a large chunk of the year he was number one yeah and it's hard when i mean because he came out what in february uh no i think it was it was march or april it had to be springtime either way his you know a lot of albums came out after his right a lot of really good projects so right. it's tough it's tough to keep that and these last two, two and one, uh, have only kind of recently bumped him up down to three. Mm -hmm. uh, but as as I've listened to him more and more, Lost Boy, like I said, is just flawless. Flawless. Has all the makings of a classic. Yeah. Uh, unique sound, great new artist, like mm -hmm. classic. Mm -hmm. And at number one, and this is a personal pick, like we put it at nine. Uh, and I really don't have a problem with putting it at nine objectively, but I've listened to MGK. I, I literally don't think I've gone two weeks without listening to his album. <laughs> I respect that. Uh, again, I've been a big fan of his for a while, even when people were kind of, you know, he was, he had that wild boy persona going on. Yeah. Even back then I noticed that he was a really good rapper, mm -hmm. uh, and, but he has transformed into just a top tier artist yeah uh, and i love listening to him man he he has kind of taken what uh what like logic does to an extent what nf does to an extent uh and he's just kind of like you know gez does it a little bit and he's perfected Rust it too. yeah yeah he has perfected that yeah because he's to me he's become the best rapper out of that group mm -hmm. and just he's he holds his own on every hook that he's on. Yeah, he does. I swear, I think he's an R&B. Like, he dabbles in R&B, like, low-key. You can tell he listens to a lot of music. Right, right. He's a good ear, for sure. Yeah, and he's just he just knows his own sound really well. He never, he never really forces, like, especially just on this album, he never forces, like, a verse that he's that's not really his game, or, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I just, uh, it's, it's so fire. Yeah. Every song. Yeah. All right. Good five. Uh, so my five are basically, um, sleepers, sleeper albums that I didn't put in the 10. And I know they don't belong in the 10, but they're some of my favorites that I knew wouldn't be in the 10, basically. 
Um, so, um, I'm as yeah. I'll start at five. Uh, my number five is, um, Plug Talk by the Plug, which is like a collaboration album of a bunch. Of, it had some Americans, some uh, Brits, and um, man, it's it was a good collaboration album. Man, Tori p- appears on there. Offset comes up on there. Um. Little Baby and Gunner are on there, of course, because they're on everything. Um, Rich the Kid is on there, Little Bibby. And um, and they, like, paired them with these Brit rappers, Grime and stuff, and they made, like, this experimental album, and it's a good album. And um, it, it was under the radar, obviously. And I think it probably got more famous in Europe than it did here in America. Um. But man, it was, it was a good project. I like a lot of the sounds on there. And even with their artists, I don't normally like. Like, I don't like NBA Youngboy by himself. But they found a way to make him... Um, they made him sound unique on the album because it's a different sound that he normally sounds. Because it's not his song. You know what, you know what yeah. I'm saying. But yeah, um, good project. Uh, number four is um uh low low that I was talking about earlier high highs to low lows um like I said she experiments with hard beats a lot of bass um she talks about some pretty cool things she's bilingual she speaks french on some of the songs which I thought was really cool she has a little rapidy singing rap kind of sound um and She's just really good, man. I, when I hear it, I feel like she's going to become someone that um, gets that cult following that I, you'll probably see at like festivals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. She's one of those. Um, see, I was, that was number four. Uh, number three, <clears throat> we didn't talk about it. We talked about it enough on here, but uh, Tori. Um, Chick State 5. Number three? And, yeah, it was three, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think I need to say much about it. It's Chances good. are, if you like Tori, you already know. It is, I mean, it's different. It, it's very different because he has all the old samples, the old artists, bringing him back. And uh, I just thought it was really cool. I mean, it just wasn't the best. That's all. The trade just barely missed my top five songs. Mine too. Just barely. It was like a honorable mention yeah, for me. me the album is a great album. Tori's a great artist. But um, I don't know why I can't... I don't know why Tori can't break into like the top albums for us. You know, like him as an artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll, t- we'll talk about that another time. But Yeah, we'll, we'll see what his next like official album sounds like. Yeah. Because this was kind of like a mixed, you know, it's still, mixtapes don't really exist now, but that's this what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number two was uh, Doja Cat, Hot Pink. And many people will know her as the, as the cow girl, you know. Uh, but man, that was a good project. And it went really under the radar, in which I thought it would go... I thought it would, you know, get more play because of, um, 
Juicy is a hit. Uh, and I thought, you know, the I'm a Cow song would propel her, but it really didn't. But the album, I mean, has great music on here, man. And she can fit into so many sounds, which I which I was impressed. I knew she could rap. I knew she could sing because I listened to I've listened to her before. I listened to her last album. I liked it. But um, she she can do everything. She showed it on uh, Hot Pink. But um, my last one is, uh, and I recently talked about this, and it's Koji Radical Cashmere Tears. Mm. And um, the reason why, and for me, I'm a big instrument fan, and he has a real band. He uses real instruments, and his his rapping, he's he's a really good rapper, which I was surprised when I first heard it because I I saw him on like a music video on another website. I was like, yeah, he sounds pretty cool. I, I like to hear like the song, the whole album, because I thought maybe he had other songs sounding like this. It was like one of those um, you know how Apple has like the commercials with like the music and you and you think oh that sounds pretty cool but it might just be that 15 seconds they play on the commercial yeah it was like that that's how i felt i was like yeah it's probably just that part is nice and i listened to the whole song and the whole album and i was i was shocked at how good his music is i and i really 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 enjoyed it um i listened to it i listened to it almost every day at least a song off of there so, um, it didn't come out that long ago. So it's like, not like I've been listening to it all year, but since it's been out, I've listened to it over and over. So yeah, that's my five sleepers of the year. I wish, I wish I could come into every album with no expectations. Cause that, <laughs> I wish I could too. Cause that like unexpected, like, Oh my God, it's such a good album. It just, it makes it so much, uh, more like meaningful. That's what got Troy the top spot last year. Yeah. Like cuz like the game's album was so good, but I expected it to be good. So it didn't quite like hit me like uh like Summer Walker, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think Tori kind of suffered from that. Yeah, I expect I had high expectations for Chick's Tape 5. I had low expectations for Survival and it surpassed them. Right. Yeah. But I'll, I'll try to be better at that next year. Not not having too many prior expectations. Trying to be fair. Oh, and also, um, trying not to be prisoner of the moment. But heavy as the head was. Oh, it, it almost made album. my list. It was a heck of an album, man. And I've only sat with it for a week, so it's hard hard to say. But man, I'm you. I mean. Maybe, like, next year if we went back again and did it, Mm -hmm. this would definitely be on my list, I feel like. I have a couple albums I kind of want to shout out. Not, like, we don't have to get it too deep into them, but... No, go ahead, go ahead. Perfect 10, DJ Mustard. Yeah. It was my eight. For me, it was my eighth slot. Mm -hmm. Uh, 88 Rising, we've talked about it. Really good. Yeah. Uh, Gold Link. It really grows on you. That album probably doesn't deserve to be in anybody's top ten. Uh, but it it grows on you the more you listen to it. I wouldn't be mad at it in anyone's top ten yeah. for sure. It it yeah it does, and it has so many different sounds. I mean, if you can't find one song you like off this album, you know. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Uh, T Pain. Yeah. One up. Yeah. One of the better yeah. albums of the year. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Stormzy. Uh, I thought uh, Fever, Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. Again, it probably doesn't deserve to be in anybody's top ten. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I usually don't like like the stripper. Like Cardi B's enough for me. <laughs> as far as like stripper rap, I guess. Yeah. And Megan Thee Stallion has kind of taken it, and she's almost legitimized it in a way. Mm-hmm. Because she's like a gen, like she's a rapper, yeah. And not, I'm not saying Cardi B is not, but it's just like Megan Thee Stallion took that and kind of made it more rap oriented, yeah. And she's a little, I think she's a slightly better rapper as well. I agree. Uh, and she just kind of put her name on the map. She's also been a ton of good features this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of good features. Uh, speaking of Cardi B, her husband put out a super to me it was a, a pretty good sleeper it was uh yeah. i think part of it is because it came out in what was it like late january yeah and t-pain suffered from that too right and that was remember that that first like two months we had like nothing to listen to <laughs> yeah uh so but going back to it last couple months uh it's really good it and is, it's yeah. it finally something that Migos don't show enough of is versatility. Yes. And Offset showed me that, which I really didn't think Offset would be the one, right, uh, to do it. But I, I love this album. It's good. It was a really good album. And yep. the last one for me to give a shout out, uh, again, probably wouldn't make anybody's list, but Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Yeah. I had a lot of fun. I only listened to it that month. I haven't gone back to it since. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, I had a lot of fun listening to it. Yeah, it was it was it was really good. Also, also helped that I had low expectations. Right. And the length made it made me give it low expectations and the weird features. Right. But even I mean, no one can say Snoop doesn't know how to make a good song. Facts. Yeah. I think we all know. Snoop's yeah man talent yeah so I don't like I, I see a lot of people saying it's a, a bad music year mm-hmm. uh, I don't believe in that I just think you gotta you gotta look and I think it was a transitional music year yeah that's fair. it's a bad music year because the guys from last the last four years didn't come out with fire but the I think the guys from the next four years did come out with fire the Cordays the the babies. You know, I think these guys are here for a while. Khalid, um, St. Denzel John. Curry's Zoo is a pretty good album, too. Denzel Curry. Yeah, these guys, the future, Summer Walker, these guys are the future of their genres. And I think they really, they came came with it this year, for sure. I think the last, it's a transition, you know, the decade. Right. The new decade artists came out with fire this year, I think. Right. Meg Stallion is another one. Yeah. All right. Well, there's our our top albums. Uh, is that it for music? Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. You want to get into our top ten movies? Um. Uh, yeah, you got it. Before we get out of here. Mhm. Uh, you want to go ten? My ten, your ten, or my five, your five, or like ten to six? Uh, your five, my five. All right. I'll go ten to six. And I only have one honorable mention, so I'm going to shout it out prior. Uh, Shazam uh-huh. didn't make my list. Okay. I had I narrowed it down to 11 movies, and Shazam ended up being the odd man out. Okay. 
but at number ten, I put Captain Marvel. Good pick. Uh, it was a lot of a fun watch. Uh, tw- uh, like I, they actually had twists that surprised me, that caught me off guard, which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate like knowing what's coming. Uh, and yeah, Brie Larson does a very good job, and I'm also. It got me excited to see where they would take the character. Uh-huh. Uh, which to me is a good a good opening movie. Yeah. Uh, at number nine, I got a little little animated movie love. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was a fun watch. Uh, Frozen 2, I was, I was tempted to put on here on my list, but How to Train Your Dragon 3 was just more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little, it's... Not like too childish, which I like. That's kind of the the gauge for me as far as animated movies. Like, are they too childish or do they have some entertainment value for, you know, adults? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the third movie definitely did. All time mm-hmm. great animated trilogy, by the way. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it's classic. Yeah, I love the uh, the actor that voices the main character. I, is it, uh jay yeah i usually don't like him in anything and part <laughs> of that is his actor. voice <laughs> yeah. yeah but he sounds good as this like he he makes me buy this this guy yeah uh, but at number eight you know i'm an action movie guy i've said that before john wick three uh it's <laughs> just this and again another classic trilogy yeah i love it man i i love everything keanu reeves is doing i love and this third movie, I thought, continued what the second movie did, which was kind of elevate this world and kind of, like, really create this world completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just, yeah, man, they did, they did a very good job. Obviously, the action is incredible. Uh, and it, it's, it's a fun movie. At number seven, uh, I know you don't think this, but a lot of people would consider this a hot take. Uh-huh. Uh, x-men dark phoenix <laughs> yeah i still i don't get it I'm, I'm i've been watching some of the top like disappointing lists and the worst lists and it's popped up on a number of those yeah and i just i like i understand some of the issues people have but i just didn't feel those issues with the movie being the way it was yeah i mean i I really don't understand the issues people had. I I didn't think that the issues that they had were like that important. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, the over like the the main I guess the main villain technically is is pretty weak. Uh, like Jessica Chastain's character and that whole storyline towards the end. Mm-hmm. I agree that part is pretty weak. But when you have such strong character development like you did and I thought and I, again I don't think she's a very good actress but I thought uh, Sophie Sophie Turner did great yeah you said this last week Magneto all time great all time James McAvoy this is why I loved his performance even more is because they kind of flipped what Professor X was known to be yeah and they kind of gave him a completely different direction in this movie for the first half and uh-huh. it just it added so much more emotional depth to the character, to just his relationship with some of the other characters. And yeah, man, I really don't see the problems that people are seeing. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, I'm with you. It, I thought it was really bizarre that people had such a big problem with it. And I think people just, I don't want to say that they weren't watching it, but that's what it felt like. Because it really felt like I watched a whole nother movie than what people were talking about. Yeah. So. And at number six, I had Avengers Endgame. Okay. I mentioned this to you. I, I want to say I told you about this a week or two ago, but when I got Disney Plus, that was the first thing I did was rewatch it. Yeah. Uh, and it, man, Thanos is all time great. <laughs> w- yeah, watching Robert Downey Jr. in the upcoming Doctor Doolittle, yeah. like all the commercials I'm seeing, I'm like, dude, I need him back in the in the suit. That looks whack, by the way. Yeah. We'll <laughs> let that go. <laughs> but uh, all right. Yeah, man, it, it it's a great movie. Yeah. Fitting Good into picks. the the saga or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, is it Saga? Yeah, whatever. I, I'm I'm gonna be honest, I'm skeptical about the next uh push in the universe or whatever. I am I mean, too. In the, yeah, the e- Eternals and all that. Yeah, I hope they figure it out. Yeah. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt because they've been you know, Marvel's been super fire, but we'll see. Yeah. Alright. Um my number 10, and I'm not going to talk about mine that much, but um, <laughs> my number 10 is Rocket Man. Ooh, with uh, Edgerton, right? The the Kingsman yeah. guy? Yeah, the El- story of Elton John. Okay. I like I like Elton John, and I this, they made the movie, they did a good job making it cinematic, but also keeping the person's story in there, you know? Mm-hmm. It didn't seem so far-fetched like some of the other biopics have in the past but it also kept it very real so um yeah my number nine was i picked shazam as my number nine um it was i thought it was good i really liked the kids in the movie i liked the um humor they made it humorous but also kept the story strong i like that um yeah, I don't have. I don't have. Too I like much about uh, Zach Levi. I was skeptical. Yeah, uh, but he did a very good job. Yeah, I agree. Um, and this is a sleeper. My number eight is Freaks with uh, Emil Hirsch. Have you seen that? Oh no, I missed this. Um, it's about like this. This is a real sci-fi movie, and this little girl does a great job in acting in it. And she has, like, these powers, and people with powers are getting persecuted. I mean, it's one of those dystopian movies. But, um, man, I I really was interested in what was going on the whole time, which is something that sci-fi movies often fail with me. I kind of lose interest in, like, the actual sci-fi part of it. But this one really kept me it kept me going, the whole movie, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so that's, that's Freaks. Uh, number seven, Captain Marvel. You talked about it. Uh, Brie did a great job. I like the humor also. Samuel was great. Um, I like how it set up what, you know, like a prequel to the cinematic universe that we know now. Yeah. Uh, I like how it kind of set up the Thanos thing mm-hmm. and the ending of the end game. Um, so, yeah. They set and then, up her character very well for future movies too yeah yep 
Um, yeah. So then, uh, in my number six was X Men. Also, I mean, Dark Phoenix. I I loved the movie, man. No, honestly, oh, it's so good. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, we talked about it already. I don't have. I don't need to go too deep into it. But yeah. So five to one now. Yeah. All right. Uh, so for me at five, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, uh, easy, same as me. That's your fifth? Yeah. Okay, I mean, this... Look, I know it's not Tarantino's best work, but that's why he's an all-time great director. Because yeah. this movie is full of... Like, everything that you love about Tarantino, this movie is full of that. Yep. The dialogue it, is so good. And I caught it late, and I... Man... It, it just you could see how good all the actors are in the movie. Dude, I love how I love how the movie's like about nothing, and yet it it's paced so well to me. <laughs> and only dude, only Tarantino could pull that off. Yeah, like, Tarantino will make people sit in a room and talk for twenty minutes, and it's the most interesting thing like you could watch. Yeah, and it's like the the stuff he comes up with for characters to like either complain about or just talk about is so funny to me yeah like, I agree. Like how do you even think to write that script out like that conversation out yeah uh, and I, leo is phenomenal i think brad pitt is even better somehow and it has great randomness i know yeah uh yeah. that like the part with him going to the uh all to visit like an old producer that he knew in the middle of nowhere, I thought it was so like randomly intense. Yeah. And you kept waiting for something crazy to happen and it just it was kinda tense the whole time. Yeah. And that, that part is pretty long. Uh mm-hmm. and then the end when he's on drugs and and shit just gets crazy. Uh mm-hmm. and his dog goes wild, uh, which was hilarious. <laughs> uh just him that scene of him feeding the dog and the like he's making the food for the dog and it, it goes through like pretty much the whole process of him making the food and just the dog sitting there staring at him as he's trying to talk to him yeah. it's so funny man yeah it's such a great movie yeah but at number four i had a little bit of a sleeper bright burn okay uh, i talked about it when it came out but uh not enough people saw this movie yeah it it was too I wish they had like one more big actor in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think the kid does a great job. I think Elizabeth Banks was really good. Mm-hmm. And she's been in kind of like, like she just did uh, Charlie's Angels and I heard that was awful. Yeah. Uh, she's she, having a rough. I, I thought, year. I thought she was lame as hell in the, uh, what's the dancing like movies? Anna Kendrick's in there. They're all like in a dance oh. group. Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. Yeah. I thought she's trash in all of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but she was really good, man. And the guy who, I don't know his name, but he he was in the office. He's been in stuff randomly. Mm-hmm. Uh, was also really good. And the movie's, again, paced so well. You don't get that stretch of like, yeah, I don't really care about this part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just makes you, you're in the movie. The, the scares are pretty cool. Uh, some of the thriller type of stuff is really cool, and just the movie is really good. Yeah. At number three, another uh, sleeper, 
the funniest movie of the year for me, uh, Zombieland Double Tap. <laughs> okay. I I rewatched it uh, just the other day, and yeah. I was shocked that none of the humor it was like any less funny. Mm-hmm. Like none of it aged poorly. I, everybody is so good in it. The chemistry between the cast is almost like they've been doing movies this whole time. Like I, yeah. I can't. It blows my mind that this took ten years to make. This is the second or the third. The second one. Oh wow! I thought it was the third. I know. That's it, how long the, it's been. the first movie has like a cult following. So many people love it. That's why they came back. Yeah. And uh, this movie lived up to the hype. It kind of it built on the world in, the, in a funny way. And and yeah. I, I talked about this, but that end uh, that end credit scene is. I mean, I was in tears. Yeah. But at number two, I had, uh, and I don't know, you know, most people probably wouldn't put this movie on their top list, but Pokemon Detective Pikachu is everything I wanted. (laughs) Wow. Second? Second. Okay. Better than Tarantino. Okay. Uh, I just, again, I was a big Pokemon fan growing up. Only games, though. Yeah, okay. uh, but in, not the cards. No, not the cards. Not the the show. I thought was awful. I hated the show too. And I used to watch like ar- everything around that show. I loved except that show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, this movie is it takes this Pokemon world and it makes it its own. Like it's not mm-hmm. it's not copying the show. It's not relying on you know the the source material it just uses the world and it creates an interesting story Mm -hmm. and this movie is so good that it is so entertaining to me that it overcomes a weak main character that you really you don't you're not interested in right but the the world is so interesting ryan reynolds is of course awesome as pikachu i mean he's as a he's just a naturally funny guy yeah. Uh, and he's hilarious. I thought the the overall overall story around like you know kind of what it's focused on is so good. And again, like th- there's little moments here that are just kind of creating this Pokemon and humans living together. Yeah. And it just it works so well. <laughs> and I just I didn't expect it to. That's what's even crazier. Yeah, I, I thought it was a crazy leap as a movie yeah i thought it would suck like i I didn't go see it in theaters because i was like there's no way this movie's not awful Mm -hmm. uh but it's not man it's it's so good okay i wouldn't of all the movies on my list though it's probably the last one that i would recommend (laughs) okay that's fair and number one uh the most recent movie ford versus ferrari it's perfect it's it's just perfect start to finish i don't need to get into the acting incredible directing incredible the story is is entertaining that's when you legitimately could just say just go watch it please please you owe it if you love movies even if you don't love movies you should watch this movie Mm -hmm. okay that's it yep that was my number one okay um Number five, like you said, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, Number four, Avengers. Also, 
I mean, we talked about this so many times. Uh, great ending. Um, and it really, one thing about a lot of endings to sagas, it doesn't really make you care about what happens next with the characters sometimes. Mm-hmm. And this one made me care, you know, like I really want to know what they're going to do now. Um, you know, uh, and number three, <laughs> um, Hobbs and Shaw. Good pick. A- action packed action packed and i i had reservations going into it because you know the fast and furious movies they they're getting more out of control every time but it's still good we still go see them all but um i didn't know how much i would like just statham in the rock i loved it i loved the chemistry and i i loved the addition of characters they did it was such smooth smooth additions i didn't think the sister was going to be like a you know as smooth as it was and the samoan you know the um the tribe on the island i didn't think that was going to be easy and it it just seemed so natural for everybody yeah idris was great of course um nothing was forced yeah nothing was forced and i i thought that's really important with those kind of movies with all that action and stuff um that was three. Uh, number two for me, Spider-Man: Far From Home. And I, I, I see a lot of. I didn't get a lot of hate, but I didn't see a lot of people like hype it up as much as I, as good as I thought it was. But I, and maybe it's because I really didn't like the other Spider-Man. Um, the Homecoming. You didn't like the initial one. Homecoming. Yeah. I hated it, man. Damn, we're different I, I in this one. It. I like the first one more the thing is the first one felt so he felt too young it felt too disney to me in this one i like the vulnerability of him i like that he was coming it was like a coming of age movie for a hero and um you know i liked him telling uh um telling the girl who he is and all that stuff i i liked that i liked the uh his friend was in it just enough i think um I, th- I thought Jake was a good villain. Uh, I thought he was a good villain, but I thought we talked about it when the movie dropped. But yeah. the storyline is poorly done. I thought it, it was. It could have been better. I mean, yeah, it could have been better. But anyway, um, my number one, same thing: Ford versus Ferrari. I mean, and I, again, I watched it late, but. What can you really say about it? It's just I perfect. I can't say anything bad like, about it. Perfect is the only word I could describe it. And I dogged Matt Damon for uh, his last choices of movies, but this one was great. It's such a perfect role for him. Yeah, it's all I ever want to see him as again. <laughs> now, hopefully, uh, I think hopefully both those great actors bounce back with another great movie after that. After such fire mm-hmm. which is tough but alright that's all you got anything else for the day uh, I watched Star Wars I see it wasn't in your top 10 <sighs> no it wasn't <laughs> I mean I'm not gonna go crazy into it cause it, if you look online the reception to it has been mixed to say the least <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been mixed it's just been all bad <laughs> yeah you're right um <laughs> yeah. No, but it just, 
this is the one thing I really hate about it is that some of the story choices that they made kind of ruins the previous movies. Mm-hmm. And it exposes that you didn't, this wasn't a planned trilogy. This was a, oh shit, The Force Awakens is, everybody loves it. Everybody likes Rey, everybody likes Finn, Kylo Ren is pretty cool. Yeah. Let's keep this going. And looking back, the 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 decision to have J.J. Abrams direct the first one, somebody else direct the second one, and then come back to J.J. Abrams, it, it's painfully obvious. Is it? It's pain, dude. There's there were storylines that were introduced in the Last Jedi that were thrown away here. <laughs> And they were thrown away without, like, a clear-cut plan for what to mm-hmm. do instead. And there's just so many moments in this movie where you're like, that doesn't make sense. Mm. And I, I'm, I don't want to spoil it, but... Yeah, man. I, overall, I mean, the action was cool. I'm not saying it's an awful movie. It wouldn't make my worst list. Uh, but it just... <clears throat> it just was missing, like, it, the little details... Mm-hmm. And in Star Wars, normally you let it slide, but Star Wars, you know, the, the fans are crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I, and, you know, I love Star Wars over the years, so I had high expectations, and mm-hmm. and I was disappointed, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't have anything else to talk about really. You know what I noticed this year, man? I watched a lot less movies and got into a lot more shows. Yeah, it's, the shows. Yeah, man. streaming has taken over. I know. Man. I know. I don't think there's gonna be movies eventually. That's a. I don't know about all that, but uh, by the way, all those who put the Irishman in their top ten, you you suck. You watched it? I what? I couldn't finish it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Uh, it's so man. boring. It's the most hyped movie I've ever seen. Dog, for the acting is good. But again, they don't. F- the age doesn't feel right. The age doesn't feel right, and the acting is good. But like, they're not even letting the actors act. It's empty. It's empty yeah. calories because nothing's happening. Yeah, it, it could have been anybody in those roles. It would have been the same movie. It didn't need like the legendary actors in there. I didn't even get halfway Three through out of it. The top fifteen actors ever in the same movie, and they don't do anything. So. Did you did you get to Al Pacino? Barely. <laughs> yeah, trash. All right. Last um, thing, real quick, before we get out of here. Uh-huh. Uh I started watching the Witcher show. Yeah. Dude, I, I, it's hard for me to recommend it if you're not a fan of the game, just because you're not. You're gonna be really confused. Yeah. Like my girlfriend's watching it with me, and she like she has no fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but man, if you've played the game, you you have to watch this show. It captures the 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 game's like atmosphere, just how the game was. It's just perfect. Yeah, you jumped on it quick, man. Yeah, and I'm only four episodes in. I haven't even finished it yet. Okay, uh, but Henry Cavill is is. I don't know how he he's as perfect as he is, uh, but he he really like he just knocked it out the park, man. 
He's underrated for like his character casting. Yeah, he's he hasn't been around that long. No, and I think he hasn't had that like definitive like Oscar worthy role. Yeah. Uh but he's a very good actor. Right. All right. Well, it's been a good year. Hope everyone had you know, happy holidays. Um I'm going to close out with my favorite song of the year. Um and I mean, we'll see you next time. Happy New so. Year. See you in 2020. Yeah. Damn, not for nothing, yeah, yeah. I'm always working, so it's always something, yeah, yeah. You running my line, now you think I'm fine, yeah, yeah. Cause I can't pick up, but I'm never gonna switch up. I was trying to know my problems in the beaker. Running all over the map, yeah. They spin our sides, but I spin on tags. I tell them I'm back, yeah. We made a few plans, keep pushing on back. I know you're going back, yeah. I gotta pick you up. I gotta switch it up Cause we spending time But it just ain't enough No Oh Cause we spending time But it just ain't enough No Oh Cause we spending time But it just ain't enough Start to tell me your friends did to me, but they don't know about the history. You start to listen, you acting different, but don't know how it gets to me. Used to pull up in an old school Chevy, waiting in your driveway till you already asked what up, but I told you already. It was you already. Phone a vibrate, you missed the message. Ten minutes ago, but I missed the exit. These days got each other second guessing on your playlist, why you got me second now? I should have been first, yeah. Don't know what it's worth, yeah. We about to break up. We spend the time, but it just ain't enough. No. Just ain't enough, no, no.